Hello. Thank you for staying with the Katie K9 show. And appreciate it. You sharing your Sundays afternoons with me. And today is a beautiful day again. Little bit windy, but it's pretty nice. So I greatly appreciate you sharing the airwaves here by listening. Okay, a man was born in 2001, and today he is 20, is his 21st birthday. How is that possible? Uh, leap year? Nope. Uh, he's like me, and every day is your 21st birthday? Oh, there you go. There you go. No, <laughs> he was born in room 2001. Oh. Okay, think about that. A man was born in 2001. It doesn't say year. Oh. Okay. okay. And today right. is his 21st birthday. How this, can this be? Because he was born in the room, 2001. Fine. Fine. All right. There you go. Got to do a little bit. Put the thinking cap on. Yes. There you guys, you today yeah. is not my day. <laughs> Last week it was really good. Yeah, today you're, is you're, just not my yeah, day. Yeah, you're good. Don't worry. Pass it on. Pass yeah. it on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, just a reminder, you know, uh, they're still collecting food for all the people that have been displaced or, you know, the stores and such like through, through all the riot people and pets org. You can donate. They have also have a fa- Facebook page and then feeding furry org. Okay. You want to remember that Bradley and clean brought that to my attention when I was listening to the show. And so there you go. Pets and people org and feeding furry org, where you can donate food, you know, pet food. Or you can donate money so they can buy it to get it out to the people that need it because of the all the stuff that went on. And that's, a, that's important, you know, because most food shelves do not carry food for, for furry kids, right? Okay, let's head to the phone lines. Okay, we're going to talk to Ellen, and Ellen has a question just about uh, flea, flea and ticks. All right. Hi, Ellen. How you doing? Hi. How you doing? I'm doing good. How are good, you? Good, good, good. Okay. So what's um, your question? Well, um, I was calling pretty much about the flea and tick. I looked on your website and I read about the lemons and the apple cider vinegar mm-hmm. and the amber tick yep. necklace. Yeah. Does the amber tick necklace work very well? Um, I've had really good luck with it. You know, my Gilligan and my Zelda have had theirs. And oh, uh, yeah, and I have really good luck, you know, uh, uh, Gilgan, he's out in the agility yard and around the farm, you know, type thing. And so far, I've picked two ticks off myself, but I haven't picked anything off of him. Really? <laughs> yeah. See, we've been using her shield, and, you know, she was up north a couple of weeks ago, and she came home with 10 to 12 ticks, dog ticks on her. Right. And so I was kind of concerned, and the doctor said, well, they, you know, it's, it's not that they're getting into her, but they die, and then you pull them off. But anyway... I just came from the doctor, and when you're talking about separation anxiety, um, she hasn't wanted to go on a walk lately. I don't know if that's separation, but she's kind of clingy. All right. She's um, usually goes on three to four walks a day with us. Right. And um, I don't know. He said try treats, and I, I think she'll be stubborn enough not to want to take a treat, but, you know, eventually she'll go, but it's just kind of weird. All of a sudden, she doesn't want to go on walks. How old is she? Nine. Okay. And yeah. what kind of dog? A Brittany. A Brittany, okay. The He's thing is, is that the, uh, but the thing, the problem with it is that we're thinking that, oh, let's all go for a walk. You know, when you're getting yeah. up in years, just like with us, okay? <laughs> it's kind of like, yeah, I just went for a walk a couple hours yeah. ago. Not so much. I think <laughs> I want to just hang out here. And mm-hmm. so that's what you want to get in. And a lot of the dogs, too, are picking up on our emotions, how we're dealing with everything that's going on around us. Okay. And so they have to figure that stress out along with themselves. Yeah. And so that can, but so I, I 
really going to put a plea out. People, if you go for four or five walks a day, sometimes leave the dog at home. You know, maybe <laughs> don't, don't, because if, that's telling you, hey, especially if they wanted, you know, they were really a willing partner. Now, yeah. the first walk, she goes right away, correct? Usually, yeah. yes. Okay. In the morning. Right. And so, but then that tells you as the day goes on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm a little stiff. I'm a little sore. I'm just don't, you know, don't want, not yeah. not that much into it. Now, how okay. long a walks do you go for? Not far. Um, three quarters of a mile or so around a block, you know, or okay. two okay. miles sometimes, but not very often. Okay. Because yeah. if she's normally a willing walker and then all of a sudden yeah. she's kind of calm, you know, will shut down, then it tells you two things. Either she's sore. Okay from going around uh-huh. too many walks. Uh, uh-huh. Maybe she needs a chiropractor adjustment. Maybe there's uh-huh. a, her back, she's got a little, you know, a little pinchy thing from some reason. Mm-hmm. Most Britneys are like, hello! <laughs> <laughs> and then, um, so, the, but there's a reason why that. Mm-hmm. And so that's why what I would try to do is like, just take her maybe for two walks, same okay. the same distance, like one in the morning, maybe one in the evening, scrap the middle ones and see if that adjusts her, you know, if she's more willing instead okay. of going for several walks during the day don't mm-hmm. go for any longer walks those two times yeah. all right? No. But, right but just to keep it the same and that's what you want to do because it, you know especially if she's been a willing one in this all of a sudden and she's nine yeah. you know, she, she's got a lot of frisbees and, and and ball playing and walks and mm-hmm. such like that and some of us gimp out a little bit earlier than others mm-hmm. uh does she s- seem to be uh short strided at all no not really. Okay. She yeah. kind of want, want, wants to walk between us if okay. we're walking together okay. instead of on the grass, which she normally likes to do. Okay. But then if she has to go, she'll go on the grass. But okay. it's like she never did that before either. All right. Okay. Kind of clingy. Okay. Yeah. Well, like I said, the stress is doing that to a lot of our dogs. Yeah. But, and then also too, but us being around them so much mm-hmm. eh, that, that, you know, if the separation anxiety could be, you know, right. raising his ugly head. So that's why you leaving her at home without you is a good thing. So uh-huh. that you, you know, they're not, you know, it's just like, uh, whether you've got a husband or wife or kids. A time alone is <laughs> valuable, yeah, <laughs> and it yeah. makes us appreciate. You know, we're thinking, oh, we could go for all these walks, and the, and a lot of the dogs are having a hard time with it because they just never had that much attention. And then, but then oh, it's also going to create another thing: separation anxiety when we go back to normal. Not more, you know what I mean? Right. Go back to regular work. And so there's like been kind of that way her whole life. Yeah, she, I've been retired since I got her, and oh, my okay. husband just retired last year. So. Yeah, she's walked a lot. Yeah. Because we, we read of Brittany's need a lot of exercise. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but not but, that much, maybe. <laughs> right. And as, as we age, we don't need as much. Right, too. right. And if you feel that she's, you know, kind of oggy, then mm-hmm. you can get, uh, you know, like some Boswellia. You know, like that's great for for humans and for, you know, if you over exercise instead of taking a leave or Tylenol or anything like that. And humans. Oh, yeah. yeah, the Boswellia works good. Also, too, uh, you know, her joints. Uh, my Ethel, who's 15, my three pounder, I just mm-hmm. got her some uh, joint supplements mm-hmm. uh, from Springtime Inc. And uh, because, like I say, same with my horse, my 33 year old horse, I decided, you know, even though he's not gimpy. Yeah, you might be a little bit stiff. Boy, I'll tell you, I started giving him that stuff ago, about a couple months ago. Man, yeah. when I go to take him out to pasture, I've got to run to keep up with him. And he's 33 <laughs> years old, and he's like, okay, lady, move it. And it's like, wow. settle down. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what I mean. We they need, do you give any supplements at all, too? We give her fish oil with her with her dinner. Okay, but you might want to join stuff because MSM, Mom oh, yeah. Sam Mom, is really important, and glucosamine is really glucosamine. important. Yeah, okay. and so that's why, not individually, but that's why that springtime ink dot com if you check that out they uh they've got some really great products for now that wouldn't that wouldn't be the same as 
people uh, glucosamine, would it? You can give people, yeah, whatever it's, oh, it, what, yeah, whatever it says for humans, you usually, the rule of thumb is cut it in half for dogs. Okay. Okay, unless you got a three-pounder like I do, then we cut it way back. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, but yeah, you okay. can do that, but the MSM is even mm-hmm. more important than chondroitin sometimes. Okay. So yeah, so that's why if you get a supplement that has it all in, then you're you're hitting all the bases and and mm-hmm. it, it can work that. But I, I okay. strongly suggest that, and then just cut back and just kind of change the routine and just see if that yeah. helps her bounce back too. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay, kid. Okay. Good luck. Thank you so much. Oh, wait a minute. Are oh. you there? Wait a minute. We were talking. We, we got on joints and we were talking fleas and ticks. <laughs> <laughs> and so now another thing too is you could take a bandana. Uh-huh. And put like a drop of either eucalyptus oil or a yeah. drop of lemongrass, put it in a Ziploc bag and then put it on the dog. And then when they go out, then when they come back in, leave it on for about an hour afterwards uh-huh. and then take it off, put it in a Ziploc bag and then use a flea comb uh-huh. uh, to gra- snag the ticks. Because oh, after okay. the t- when the, uh, after the dog comes in, it takes about mm-hmm. a half hour to an hour for the ticks to start moving towards the head, because they oh. always go towards the head because that's where dinner is is quickest because the thinnest skin is thinnest, mm-hmm. and so that's why you especially with Brittany, it got some white there, so you can really see those things. <laughs> yeah. But if you can. take you take the uh, in a flea comb, the plastic ones are the same thing as a lice comb, but mm-hmm. uh, but they charge double the price for a flea comb <laughs> and, and then a lice comb, all right? Oh. And so yeah. anyway, and so you just run it along the side of the face. You know, under the chin, in the armpit, check mm-hmm. the ears. Those are the normal places that the ticks right. go to. You could also use that diatomaceous earth, food oh. grade. You put it in a baby sock, zip mm-hmm. tie it, and then you put a, you just dab it once, like on the back of the neck and shoulders, in the mm. chest where the tail and the butt meet. Wow, where do you get that? And then, you just go online, food grade diatomaceous earth, food grade okay. diatomaceous earth. And it looks like powdered chalk. Now, when oh. you're filling, you know, like your sock or stuff like that, you don't want to breathe in the dust. Like when, it, you know, it's dusty, right? right? Don't breathe in the dust. Put your mask on or whatever. Okay, but mm-hmm. once the dust settles, all is right. You know, people use it outside to keep ants out. And any, any crustacean, flea, tick, millipede, ant, any, any crustacean that walks through it, it scrapes their shell and they dehydrate and die naturally, hmm. right? And But oh. it has to be food grade. So if you get this and did this, is that every time, nope. how long does that last? It lasts probably about, you know, it depends. If your dog's not in water a lot, two weeks. No. Yeah, okay, two, two weeks. Oh. And no, yeah, don't put it on every trip. No, then you're, you're, you'll dry the skin out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but uh, but about, that works really... The bandana, does that last too? Pardon? Does the bandana last for a while? Once you yes, the oil. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. you're only using everyone is not the dog is not wearing it all the time. It's okay. only when he goes out, he comes in, leave it on for about a half hour, take it off, put it in the Ziploc bag because okay. you don't want that dog breathing all that. You could also put the diatomaceous earth, pat it a little bit where the dog sleeps and on mm-hmm. rugs. So if any tick gets off, that is going to crawl through that and then scrape and then the, and be gone. So the okay. diatomaceous earth is really the best. All right. Oh. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Well, good Great. luck. Thank you. You Thank bet. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye bye. Right. All right, is it okay to, sh- you know how some people shake their fingers at the dogs? Is that a good thing? We'll talk about it when we get back. All right, thank you for tuning in. All right, is a g- uh, should you shake your finger at your dog? I'm going to say no. Correct. And the reason is, is... I was going to say, please tell me why. Okay. <laughs> the same thing with people. You know, like if I'm talking to you and I'm shaking my finger at you, you know, it's a gesture that is not a nice, it, it's, it causes stress. 
All right. Yes. And most people, when they po- point their finger at the dog, they're bending over and giving them the what for. Oh. So that is like, okay, your your voice is not happy. You're shaking this finger at me. And met, some dogs will jump for that finger and say, knock it off. <laughs> Give me that finger. Right. Yeah. And so that's why you don't. And another thing that the dogs don't like, and it drives me up a tree, is people that click their fist, snap their fingers to oh. like hurry it up. You yeah. know, get it done now. You know, like sit and then snap, and it's yeah. just kind of like you know that drives me over the edge, and it drives your dog even over the edge more. So don't shake your fingers at the dogs, and don't you know snap your fingers to get him to do something well for you. All right, because that number one shows impatientness, and it causes stress in your dog. And if you shake your finger at your dog and kind of are bent over with that menacing tone, what can happen is that you know you're putting your dog into stress mode. Like I'm sorry, I'm sorry, and so and Lord knows none of us need stress all right so think before you shake all right or or click your fingers i feel like we should put that on a t-shirt there you go think before think before you shake show (laughs) impatience show calmness yeah be what you want your dog to be yeah you know the thing is like my dogs mess up you know i just give them the deep growl ah wrong yeah and they're kind of like okay mom's a little upset yeah. And then I just walk away. Yeah. And they're kind of like, I'm already then. They, you know, they don't need to be, just like us humans, we don't need to be screamed and hollered at and given the what for. Yeah. So just make your point. Ah, that's enough. Just like what mom would do. She'd growl or maybe snap and then she'd walk away like, there, you're done. You know, and the, the puppy's like, uh, uh, okay, got the lesson. That's kind of like kids too. Mm-hmm. I'm like thinking back and I'm like, oh no, I've done that too. I've been like, hey, uh-huh. leave it. Yeah. And they're like, <laughs> What? Uh, I'm like, just leave it. There you go. And then, uh, Short and to the yeah, point. Exactly. Short to the point. Deep voice, growly voice. And they're like, oh, okay. So don't shake your finger or point at your dog. All right? Because that causes stress, especially if you're bent over and in a menacing voice. All right? Just say no. Just, yeah, just get your point across. Hey, yeah. wrong. Yeah. All right. Okay, who's up? Okay, we're going to talk to Katie. All right. And <laughs> Yeah, and she just wants, she has uh, just a recommendation and a comment All right. on something. Yeah. Sound like a wiener. Hi, Katie. How you doing? I'm good. How are you, Katie? Good, good. What's good. up? Hey, I'm just calling to report back on your recommendations for the flea and tick um, products. All right. And this will probably be helpful for the call, the previous caller. All right. So last year I bought the uh, amber tick collar. Oh, yep. And I thought it worked really well, but then I got suspicious. I thought maybe it's the season is over. But anyway, it. She hardly got any ticks. And then now this year, I added the diatomaceous earth powder. All right. And she's had one tick. And when I pulled it off her, it was, I think it was dead. <laughs> yeah. It didn't, I think it was dead. Okay. Yeah. It didn't, and, didn't, you didn't have to pull, it wasn't like anchored into her? No. Good. No, it came good. off pretty easy. Excellent. Excellent. And, but my question is, and you, and you did touch on it briefly. So I, can I overdo it? Can I overpowder her? Because I would do like across her shoulders, down her spine, <laughs> under her butt, right? Yeah, a little bit on her tummy. <laughs> is that too much? Yeah, and the reason is is because um, the ticks gravitate to the head, and if you put too much diatomaceous oh. earth on them, you're drying out their skin really bad. Because it, you know, it's just like oh, you get okay. it on your like powdered chalk, it just sucks the moisture right out of your skin, right? Okay. And that's what this does. Okay. So that's why you just want like a pat, like at the back of the neck and the shoulder blade, then a pat where the tail and the butt come together, and a pat okay. like in the chest, you know, you know, on where the throat is, just down a little bit. Because now as, as they, as the uh, ticks 
venture north or up, you know, to the base where they can where they can have trout quicker, then sure. they're going to walk through it. So that's why, yes, you can't overdo it. Now, if you're going to, okay. if it's, now remember, tick season is warm days, cool nights. But when right. it becomes warm and warm, the ticks go. They're, they're a lot less active. Right, and so and right. if you have to be in, in tall grass or woodsy or whatever, you could put one uh, hat on each leg if you choose. But then you do okay. it like, you know, once uh, every two weeks. Just kind of play it by ear, but don't do it more than once a week. Okay. So we're, we, the cabin is in the Wisconsin woods, and so we usually have quite a few deer ticks. Mm-hmm. Um but I think this is doing the trick. But Good. now she she likes to jump in the pond mm-hmm. or jump in the river. Mm-hmm. And then I'm thinking, well, do I have to put it back on her after she's dried? No, not or, unless if she's going for several swims a day. <laughs> okay. okay. No, it's usually just a, yeah. Okay. The, yeah, a couple swims a week. No, you're fine for the, every two weeks. All okay. right. You, you should be fine. Just pay attention. You know what you're noticing. You know, like the ticks okay. say they're not, they're dead on her or whatever type. So uh-huh. uh, just pay attention because, like I said, okay. the tick season now is how hot it's going to get next week again. They're going right. to be, you know, they're going to be slowing down tremendously here. So. Right. And I know fall is usually big time. Yeah. Up because there for, yeah, for warm days, cool nights. Yeah. Yep. 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 Okay. But see, and remember, no, that's a neat great. thing. It's worked great. Oh, good. I'm glad to hear that. And uh, and remember that when you do things natural, you know, you could also do the bandana with the lemongrass or the eucalyptus, or you know, right, there's right. see that there's no chemicals involved here because mm-hmm. you know, so that's why you can do one or all if you want to, you know, to right. ease your <laughs> your tension. Yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> but, I'm very pleased. Yeah. Because well, good. I'm glad. I'm glad you enjoyed that. Everybody I know that used that amber tick collar have been happy. Happy. They really have it. Yeah. Like I said, so it's it's worked out for good. It just it just doesn't seem like it works exactly. Like that would work. I know. You know no, it I get like it. A necklace. Yes, I get it. I totally yeah. understood. I, I understand. And then you know, the, also those amateur collars are also like my daughter uses them for the grandkids when they're teething. It makes her you know because it, it affects their immune system. Really? Yes, it affects their immune. It, it boosts the immune system, and it also is a. Um, uh, slightly better word makes you uh it's like taking an aspirin or whatever you know when you're in pain okay. sure sure yeah it works mm-hmm. that way and i don't know how it does it but it does it so it's, it's pretty funny okay, okay well Wonderful. thank you for the update thank you so yeah. much that's yeah. so take kind care. of you Thanks. you bet Bye-bye. take care bye-bye all right miss uh are we there she's looking at the what huh uh I mean, we we could briefly start one if you'd like to do that. Let's do that. Okay, we're going to go to Mary. Mary has a question about feral cats. Feral cats. All right. Hi, Mary. How you doing? Okay. Good. So what's the question? Well, we live kind of in the country, Mm -hmm. and we have cats. Yep. They're all outdoor cats, ours. Last year, I managed to take four in to get fixed. Oh, thank you. Thank you. That was great. But I knew there were two more out there that were not friendly females. Uh, okay. Of course, this year we have five and five uh, litter of kittens. Oh, my. And these two that are not fixed are not friendly enough, even live trap, etc. when I put a can of food in. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, can't, I capture the friendly ones. Yeah. <laughs> I know how that goes. You know, and so... And then the other issue is that on the on one corner of our property, someone else is putting food out for the feral cat. Oh, you geez. know, and it's like I don't know how to get a hold of this situation. Do you know who's putting the food out there? 
snow, they kind of come and do it at night. Oh, really? It's like, yeah. What like, about try putting some live traps there and with a note on it? I want to get these cats caught so I can get them fixed. I suppose that's a solution. You know, I would try. Now we have the, ten kittens out there that are going to be feral oh, too because uh, they will not yep. come to us. I mean, we I, we found each litter, but then of course, as soon as we found them, the moms moved them. Yes, that's oh boy, isn't that something about Mother Nature? How they can do that? It's just totally unbelievable. So, and I was bringing a can of food to the moms when I saw them and you know the first set of kittens were friendly enough when I would have them but mom moved them then you know wow. you know what you need to do is call um is it min pet snap snap uh, yeah you know and call them because they've got tricks up their sleeve to try you know to get colonies and mm-hmm. so they got tricks up their sleeve so why don't you give them a call min snap and just see okay. uh, and see if like tell them the, what you got, and they'll be able to help you. But I would start trying to work with the person, the other person that's trying to feed them, because basically you're working, you're on the same team here. Okay. Well, yeah. Okay, yeah. watch, hold that. But we got hold that thought. We'll be right back. All right, we got calls to get to, so we'll just kind of play it and leave. <laughs> is where we're gonna go. So we're talking to Mary about feral cats. She wants to try to catch. And I, first of all, Mary, I want to thank you so much for trying to your best to get this all squared away. Uh, so you're a very kind, very kind person to do this. Uh, but the the thing is, is that because, uh, like I say, Binsnap has uh, different adventures or you know what i mean uh, ideas to try to get colonies like you're talking about you know you can get two fixed and then all of a sudden they be get you know five each have five more now there's 10 you know and just snowballs is what it is so they're really exactly. good yeah so the, that so they're really good at understanding what is needed and sometimes you know they they, they come up if you only have like with some extra live traps and so that, you know, you could try to catch as many as you can <laughs> when you can. So, but that's why right. I get And then also that person that, uh, the other person that's feeding there, again, I would say, uh, uh, put a note on the, on the live trap and just say, hey, we're working together here as a team. You know, here's a live trap, <laughs> you know, and then right. give me a, you know, whatever, however you want to communicate type thing. But that's what you just have to do. But I think Minsnap would be able to help you, you know. Every, well, and, Minsnap is where I took the others yeah, last year. And so, yeah, so, yeah. Yes. They should have some ideas for you. Good. But they should Um, have some ideas because that's the main thing. And see, the big thing that cats love is sardines. Instead of using... Oh, I've been feeding them pate and cat food. Okay, but sardines is stinkier and so is tuna. And so tuna and, 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 and sardines catch a lot of cats. Right, because it has that smell. It's just like every cat I know. You open a can of tuna. I think every cat in the county is at your feet. You know. So I was making tuna uh, tuna fish salad the other day. Yeah, I opened the can, and I, I mean, literally, I think Adeline was dead sleep, and all of a sudden she's like, "Yeah, I'll take some of that," <laughs> because you want stuff that stinks is what you want, so that hopefully they're they'll be less apprehensive about going into the trap, and then you hopefully will have more success with it. Right. Well, it's it's strange. One of these uh, feral cats comes to the dinner table with the rest of them. All right. And I've been able to hold that can of cat food down, and she will eat out of it. And I can just touch her shoulders. and But the minute she picks her head up and backs up a little step, she hisses at you. Ah. I mean, she will. Well, that's so good, though. I think I can get... One of them. Yeah, because the feral cat. See, my Sally was feral, and so was my cat with a K. It took me four months because that's the whole thing is baby stepping them. Because once you can touch them, and then they realize you've been they've been touched, 
then they they right. warm up quicker and quicker because with my with uh, mm-hmm. Cat and Sally, what I did is I put a chair and I didn't feed them one morning, so they were really hungry that evening, and so. When they came, uh, I just I started with the can, uh, the sardines, you know, out for me a little bit. So at least they would come mm-hmm. like within my space, and then they got close, and I moved the thing closer, you know, each you know couple days, and then pretty soon they were like right next to me, and so I just kind of dangled my hand down there, you know. So then, mm-hmm. and like I said, the minute they they don't mind it, but as soon as they look up and see it's you, it's like ah. But then, it, right. but once I can touch them, it usually takes within two weeks. I've got them where they are. They mm-hmm. they are loving my touch, and I, I can get them into a live trap. And so it works out pretty good. So you just that initial touch is huge. Once you can get past that, it works a lot faster. But these ten kittens, they'll be able to have kittens by fall, right? Yeah. Well, no, not by this fall. Next spring. Oh, good. Next spring. Okay, so I've got a little time to work on A little wiggle yeah, because usually it's about, uh, the average domestic cat is seven months, eight months is when they'll for, come in the first heat. That's the average. Okay. 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 Well, okay. good luck, kiddo. I'll keep my fingers crossed. Keep us posted, okay? Yes. Thank okay. you. <laughs> you betcha. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Yeah, the, that's that's a tough one, you know. But like I said, sardines and tuna usually gets most cats. But then when you deal with nature's raccoons like that, also and and skunks, and it, it's a tough one. And that's why sometimes you need to have you know a couple live traps so that in case a skunk comes along and takes out one, well then you still have two more that hopefully can get cats. So it's a, it's a yeah, it's 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 crazy. It really is. Anyway, okay, who's up? Okay, we're gonna go to Carla, and Carla has a question about her puppy that is barking when she's at a distance. Okay, hi Carla, how you doing? Good. Hi Katie, I have a five-month-old West Highland White Terrier okay. who is sweet as can be, but um, whenever she is out of reach of specifically me, not the rest of the family, is badly. Um, she barks, and I've tried ignoring her. I've tried holding her mouth. Holding her mouth, she thinks it's a game. Oh, yeah. Ignoring her, she just continues to bark. Um, it's it's driving me a little bit batty, so I'm wondering if you have any suggestions. Okay, so let me understand, though. You're walking away from her? Where is she? Is she in a kennel or something, or what's going on? It could be that she's on her leash outside and the kids have her and I'm not within distance. It could be that I go into the other room and she's in the kitchen with the baby gate so she, she knows I'm in the other room. Okay. Um, as soon as I am out of reach or she knows I'm in the other room but she can't see me, mm-hmm. she just goes nuts. All right. So when she is not baby gated, is she like in your room uh, following you from room to room to room? No, she is um, primarily in our kitchen, or we we are doing crate training with her, and Good. so she, she has some crate time as well. Good. Um, but even outside, you know, if we have her on a leash where our family's hanging out in the backyard, we'll bring her out and put her on a long leash so she can play. Yeah. She's fine until I walk, until I specifically walk away. Oh, okay. And then she's going nuts. Okay. Uh, basically, like with Doxies and Terriers, a.k.a. Westies, Yorkie, uh, Karens, and things like that, they are alarmist anyway. And, and uh, it's just like, and how dare you? And furthermore, <laughs> I, I, what okay. I would try is the vibrating bark collar. Okay? It okay. vibrates. It doesn't zing. Okay? It's a vibrator. It goes, you know, and so uh, when they when they go to bark. Not a remote one. Not where you hit the button. It has to be an automatic reaction to their action. 
is what it has mm-hmm. to do, all right? Uh, because uh, the, why she's doing is, is furthermore than you. That's <laughs> what it is. It's like, hey, how dare you leave me behind? Let, come on. Let's go. Let's go. Get back here. And so I need my human. So that's what I would do. Because when the dog is away from you, there's uh, basically, and the dog is barking, if they uh, you. You, you, when she, if somebody's at the door or still barking out the window, if you say quiet, does she quiet? Or does she keep on barking? Uh, no. She, well, it depends. If, if we start approaching her, then she lays down and she wants to play. She rolls right. onto her back and she's hoping for some attention. But And then do you, you know, give it to the, her? The neighbor dog is barking. She barks for a minute. And then as soon as I start walking to her, usually then she'll kind of lay down because I'm now close enough and in reach. All right. Okay. But now when she lays down and tries to get some attention, do you give it to her? Um, not, not typically if she's barking, um, it's just, you know, if she's certainly, if she's laying down and and she's not barking, then I just kind of ignore her. Mm -hmm. But, um, I've been really trying to not give her any sort of attention if she's barking and correct. Yeah. Nope. And so that's why, like I say, I would, because just like people that have uh, dogs that bark in kennels or dogs that are bark outside, by the time you open the door or the window, the dog stops. Say, hey, you open the window, you open the door. And so you can't yell at them because they're not barking now. Okay. You yeah. open the window and the door because they were barking. So that's why the, the remote, or not the remote, but the bark collars. And like I say, they don't have, the, they have some that have the zing, but for the little guys, usually just that vibrator works really good. All right, so all it is is a vibrator. You know what a vibrator is, right? <laughs> and so <laughs> all it does is just vibrate, and that sometimes, you know, whoa, what was that? And it's immediate reaction to their action, so then they stop and think before they keep barking because most your terriers are huge barkers. Now, do you do any obedience work with her or anything? We did some recall training um, online, but we haven't done any puppy classes or anything. Because the big thing is, is that why a lot of little dogs bark, not just Westies, but just little dogs in general, they get deemed as barkers. Is the reason because because they're so little, if they take you for a walk, it's not re- nothing like if a Great Dane took you for a walk, you know, that didn't know how to walk nicely on a leash, right? A lot of people don't put enough input into the small dogs' heads, and so they it makes them more of alarmist, and they do the and furthermores and and furthermore, so so I would really work on some of the obediences as far as you know walking on a leash nice uh get the right training collar for him uh, then like what's the quiet word if the dog barks ah quiet or hey enough and then you can follow that through with a blast in the face or, or shake can you know inside uh, and get them so that they can respond to the words like when you say quiet or enough that like you always preface it with the growl so you got their attention all right, and then eventually that the dog will listen to what you have to say. If they start to bark, all you have to do, ah, 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 quiet. And then you just go, thank you, very nice, thank you. So, but more obedience working, making the dog thought, think, hold a thought, doing stays, uh, obviously coming when called. But the big thing is like stays where you can go in and out of rooms and stuff like that. Tricks, brain teasers. I can't say enough when you got barking dogs usually it's because they just they don't know enough words. Nobody they haven't people haven't taken the time to really organize them. And so then they they become barkers. And so that's why the more you can organize then the better. But you know in the interim, you know if until as you get your program going then get that, you know, the vibrator bark collar, but not the remote, not where you hit the button. It has to be an automatic reaction to their action, all right? Do they wear that vibrating collar at nighttime as well, no. or is it just during the day? No, that's just when you're around. You never put it on when you're not around. 
All right. Okay. You never do. Okay, anything electronically can be stupid at any time. <laughs> and we don't right. want that, uh, you know, yeah, maim the dog for the life mentally. <laughs> but it's just, so, and then, uh, like I say, it's just ah, quiet. And that's what you want to work on. And so, uh, but yeah, no, you don't wear it at, they don't wear it at night. And they don't wear it when you're not home. You know, okay. but the whole thing is you want to plan where you've got like a weekend. Well, I don't know if you, your days are like every day is Friday and Saturday. But when you're home, you want like most people would, uh, would start it on Friday night because they're going to be home Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So that gives mm-hmm. the dog a good base. And then if they have to go to work on Monday, because sometimes what happens you could do too is that, you know, you can. Uh, you never want it to be live when you're not around. But some dogs, uh, just like with the horses, you, know, you unplug the electric fence, and they they the, the, they still think the fence is working, but it's not. And so that's the right. same thing with the dog is that, you know, you, you get them conditioned. It. You can take the battery out so you can leave it on. But I really, you know, where the dog thinks that it's still, if he barks, he's going to get, you know, a jiggle. Mm. So, so you've got to play with it. Every dog is, you know, some dogs are so smart. It's like, yeah, the battery ain't in it. Screw you. <laughs> you know, every dog is different. And so you just got to work out a program. But the main thing is input, input, input into this dog's head. You know, like when you go okay. for a walk, do you use a harness or a training collar when you go for a walk? No, we, we just have a regular collar right now. Okay. Uh, how many pounds? She's probably, uh, I would say, Less than 10 pounds at this point, 9, 10 pounds. Okay, yeah. Then what you want is the Star Mark dog training collar. My Gilligan, you know, he's Yorkie and Karen Terry. He's 10 pounds. Okay, and mm-hmm. you just get the small one. And the links, you could take some out or, and add some, but, you you know, you tend to one, you might have to take a, a link out or whatever. But you can get it online, Starmark Dog Training Collar. And that's what I use. It's a plastic collar with little pyramids in there. And so you, when you first put it on, you leave the buckle collar on, his, so it'll cross until the dog gets used to the feel. And then eventually you take off the buckle collar and you just got the Starmark collar on. But that's what you got to do is so that you can get the dog's attention so you can teach them something when they're being naughty. Awesome. Okay. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, good luck. Keep me posted. (laughs) Will do. Okay. Bye bye. -bye. Where are we at, Miss? Oh, did that? Is that thing again? (laughs) All right. Okay. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about reducing your dog's attention in seek attention seeking behavior because that's part of separation anxiety. Be back. Hey, we're winding down another Sunday. I want to thank you for sharing your Sunday afternoon without you guys. And uh, it's just, it's, it would be boring. <laughs> so thank you very much. Say, uh, behavior modification for dogs with separation anxiety. One of them that you want to do is you don't respond in any manner to a, uh, the, you know how they're, they're golden you for their your attention? Yes. You know, look at me, look at me, yeah, yeah, look yeah. at me now. Whether they're barking, whining, jumping up, pawing at you. You don't look at them. You don't touch them. You just, you know, you, you, anytime that you're trying to get it, no, get up. If you have to, go to another room. That's why, you know, uh, the invisible dog where you put, put a leash on, uh, nylon leash on the dog with a plain buckle collar sit on the bulk of the leash fold you sit back in your chair fold your arms in front of you and then now ignore the dog don't look at him don't touch him don't do anything if turn your head sideways if the dog tries to put their paws on your knees or stand up then bump them with your forearms you know what i mean and just go ah just like that but don't look at him keep your head sideways side profile to your dog is a calming signal all right so if you can sit on that leash where the dog will finally just lay down and go, well, isn't this a buttload of fun? And what you're doing, you're teaching your dog how to calm themselves down by themselves. So anytime, like if a dog sits and barks at you, don't do this. Many people do this. <gasps> what do you want? 
you have to go to the bathroom? Do you want a treat? What do you want? No, because now they're teaching you on their demand to get your attention. And that's what they're doing. They're attention seeking. And so you've got to change that behavior so that you can start getting the, um, uh, you know, the, the situation, the separation anxiety under behavior, you know, where the dog and you exist, but they're not like your shadow. Okay. Now this sounds a little bit on the harsh side, but you got ignore your dog for 30 minutes before you leave. You can't get caught up in that last minute, grab the keys, grab the purse, shove the dog in the kennel, and away you go. All right? And sometimes, too, is that... uh, you you know you you've got to you have to get very prepared in your head for this and it takes a little bit of time and i know i oh but he loves me well you know you have a separation some dogs separation anxiety gets so bad that people have to hire babysitters to come in because they won't stay in the crate, the bust out of the crate, and they can't leave them alone at home because it'll it terrorize the home. And so it, this could be really bad. And remember, the dog is not doing it out of mischievous or whatever. He totally is terrified and having a panic attack about you leaving the house, all right? And play calming music. That's always, you know, uh, good, too. You could also use pheromones. Sometimes there's, for, you know, calming pheromones. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and then like like with the holistic vets out there, there's a lot of Bach flower remedies and such like that that will help calm the dog right. down. Um, I had uh, from springtimeinc.com, I got, they're called stress tablet, tabs, tabs, there we go, for dogs. And um, I gave some to my girlfriend, Debbie, and my girlfriend, Ann, for their dogs. Yeah. And it's like, they really work good. So maybe you might want to try that. Don't be giving them Benadryl and don't be putting the big drugs on them. Because the thing is, it's just like with humans. You know, it messes with your kidney, your liver. Dogs aren't meant to have people drugs, okay? Right. So the thing is, you got to really work on this. And you probably caused it to begin with, the separation anxiety. But like I say, making fall out of your comings and goings and such like that. Okay, and then when you are when you arrive at home, you're going to ignore your dog. You're just going to walk right past, go to the bathroom, maybe go, you know, whatever. But don't, until the dog calms down, then you can ask him for a sit, give him a little tickle, hi. Slowly incorporate your dog when you come come home. Don't come through the door, oh, and how's my buddy, and how's your day? And right. That just creates, perpetuates a separation anxiety, mm-hmm. all right? So that's why, and don't yell at your dog or use punishment. You know, like you come home and let's say they were, they busted out of the kennel or... You have been letting them right. be free in yeah. the house. Yeah. You can't use punishment because they're already up in knots and stress. Yeah. And so that's why you've got to really work on this. And sometimes it's going to take some professional help, a.k.a. me, or some <laughs> other trainers or something like that to get you uh, into the right beat to help your dog. But the main thing is is mentally work. You know, making them uh, tricks, puzzles, uh, obedience work, working on a stay where the dog could be across the room. Eventually, you're going out of sight. Uh, the dog is in the kennel while you're at home for a minute here, five minutes there. Build into where while you're home, the dog is in there for like two hours, three hours. Uh, build to what you're going to need. It'll, it will work out, but you got to do the baby steps. That's the main name of the game. Okay, let's take the last call for the day, and then we'll finish up more with this. All right, so we're going to talk to Michelle. Michelle has a question about just boarding her dog. All right. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? Good, how are you? Good, good. What kind of dog do you have? Well, we actually talked to you back in February. We have a 12-year-old beagle, and she we boarded her for like four days and had major diarrhea. You called it water butt. Okay, water butt, yep. <laughs> yeah, you told us what, how to change her diet, and that resolved, so thank you very much. Oh, good. Um, but we rarely, I mean, we border once a year max, uh-huh. uh, so we are going on vacation in a couple months for uh-huh. a week. All right. 
Um, we're not going to border, but we're trying to decide if we should have basically a, an acquaintance stay in our home with her or if we should bring her to a person's home. Like, would it be better for her to be in her own environment? Yes. If at all possible, if you can find somebody that will house sit and take care of her at her place, that's the less stressful for her. She's at least in her own home. And then, you know, if you can find the person that's going to be house house sitting for you for that week, that, you know, you got to, like you said, some bit of time where they come over, take her for a walk. She can get to know that person that so that when you stay, when they're staying the weekend, and believe it or not, it probably is cheaper in the long run as far as uh, paying a person to stay than, um, um, uh, now the the veterinarian bills, uh, you know, the original where you boarded her cost, and then the vet bills and, and everything else that went sideways. That yeah. it'd probably be a lot cheaper in the long run to have somebody. So you just and now, I mean, Lord knows, there's a lot of people that are you know not working a regular job that could have right. you know that you could find that you can trust. And the main yeah. thing is, is that like I say, you have her take her for a walk and just so they you know and do some stuff with her so that she's gonna know. You know it doesn't have to be every day. You know, just a couple times a week uh, for a half hour here, 15 minutes. Just, so the dog gets used to that when she comes. She's like, oh, I know you. Yeah. <laughs> and so now it's not, as str- it's not as stressful. All right? Makes sense. Okay. Thank you. You betcha. You have a grand day. Thank you for the call. Yep. Bye. Bye-bye. All right. Now, remember, uh, Nutrisource is a family-owned uh, company up in Per, Minnesota. I love those guys. And as you hear the great ads that uh, Jason does, I love his ads, uh, that, you know, it's a local, they only sell to local uh, uh, businesses, not to the big box stores. And so then the, the quality of the food is unbelievable. And so, like I say, if you're still, I don't know, everybody's different, you know, with the way things are opening. You know, so remember, you got Angel's Pet Word in Huston. You got Pet Stuff in Minnetonka, Fido's Pantry in Excelsior, Pet Evolution in Wood. Berry, Urban Tales, Atlas Pet Supplies, Flegals Farm and Garden, Spikes Feed, UFC Farm Supply, Chuck and Don's, Four Perfect Pets, and uh, Canine Crossing and Pet Supply Plus. So that you can pick up all the great Nutrisource uh, foods and then also like the great treats. Yeah, they got freeze-dried treats, they got jerky treats that are really nice. Uh, because they, uh, they're just, some of the jerky treats are just so, they're so hard when you soak them in water, they don't even soften up, but not with the Nutrisource ones, you know, and so remember they got grain free, they got non-grain free, many formulas for you to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to yeah, rotate with, there you go. <laughs> so anyway, but, uh, so this, if you got questions, like I said, you can go to mytalk1071.com and you can email me. And when you email me through the show, all right, it goes to my email at my house. All right. It does, it's, I don't have to be in the studio to get those emails. So if you email me through the mytalk1071, my show page, then I, I will get it up at my house. All right. And then, uh, uh, but the big thing now with separation anxiety to sum it up is that it's, it's caused by you making fall to rolls out of your coming and going, allowing your dog to follow you from room to room to room. Um, and so you got to start now doing it now. Uh, get a kennel, not the all wire, get the plastic. Dogs are denning animals. They don't like the open airness. It unnerves them, a lot of the wire kennels. And so then, uh, and like I said, just baby steps as far as put them in there for a minute when you're at home and then extend it out. Uh, then don't allow them to be always uh, pawing at you like when you're sitting down on the couch. Uh uh-uh. Remember, sit on the leash, ignore the dog, cross your arms if they try to jump into your lap or put paws on, turn your head sideways, give a bump. Ah! And just give the growl at the same time so the dog learns just to calm down and lay by you but not be on you. All right? So and this week is going to be... Um, 
It's going to be hot, so get yourself a kiddie pool. Uh, start out with no water in it, and then flip a treat in there, and then get, oh, get excited. Oh, in the pool. Let's get in the pool. Yay, you, yay, you. Be a cheerleader. You get in the pool. Have them join you. And then eventually, when they will jump in and out of the pool, then what you're going to do is start putting a little bit of water in it. And then remember, if you are going for walks with your dog, you put your hand on that tar, and it count to 10 slowly. And if you can put your hand on that tar and hold it tightly, and your hand isn't burning, then your dog can walk on it. Or you take your bare feet, stand on it because remember dogs sweat through the pads of their feet so it's really important please folks keep the dogs off the tar gravel or grass is the best all right and so you guys have a great week and enjoy your dogs and let's start making it so that they're not going to be separation anxiety when people start going back to work baby steps baby steps baby steps don't don't hide your dogs train them see you next week